0: Welcome to The Sunday Monday Show, a podcast about being bold in faith, work, and life. I'm your host, Jane Kennedy. Let's get down to business. Hello, and welcome back to The Sunday Monday Show. Jane here, and we have a phenomenal episode here today. My friend Kelly is here, and we are talking about moving on and going through seasons of transition Kelly has been a dancer her whole life. She achieved incredible success as a professional dancer for the NFL and wrote a beautiful piece on the Sunday Monday, which you should go and check out, in which she talks a little bit about the decision to step away from that uh, professional dance career and move into a different phase of life. And similarly, I have just gone through a big transition, transitioning out of something that's been really important to me over the past seven years and we just talk and have a really honest conversation about what it's like to say goodbye to something especially if it's something that feels like it's part of our identity so if you have gone through one of those transitions uh, maybe you're in a transition like that now i hope that this episode provides encouragement and reminds you that you're not alone and ultimately our identity is in something so much bigger than anything that we could do or achieve So to share a little bit about Kelly, Kelly lives in Los Gatos, California. She is a graduate of St. Mary's College of California and works as a marketing manager at eBay. Outside of work, she's either teaching hip hop classes, watching sports with her husband, or reading Nicholas Sparks books. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to the Sunday Monday show.
1: Hi, Jane. Thanks for having
0: me. I'm so glad that you are here and I'm excited to jump into our topic for today. But first, can you tell us a little bit about your first job?
1: Yes, I can. So my first job was working at a resort and I think it was one of those like Instagram versus reality moments where I thought I'd be like in a cute little skirt by by the pool um, delivering drinks and I ended up being in a bright green lime polo and working in the daycare so it was recreation um which mostly meant i was in indoors with kids leading kids camps um and then sometimes i was allowed to sit at the top of the water slide and tell kids when they could go down the water slide and time them so that was those were the real fun days um at the top of the tower of the water slide but definitely um a fun experience i ended up doing it for a few summers and that was going into college. So once I was in college, I had some more internships that that led to where I am in my business career, but that was my first fun, um, little gig at a resort.
0: I love it. All of, all of you people who grew up in San Diego, it's just funny to hear the San Diego (laughs) resort stories. I love it. Um, can you share a little bit about where you are now?
1: Yes. So now I am a marketing manager at eBay and I, Always was interested in business. Um, I actually wanted to study English and my parents told me that um, business would maybe provide more lucrative opportunities, but um, I was able to do a little bit of writing in, before eBay I was in public relations and before that I actually started in sales. So I stayed in business the whole time, but definitely shifted around a bit. Um, I love being creative. I'll talk, we'll obviously talk about my passion for dance. So. I was able to study dance and business in college, which, um, was cool. Cause I could practice that creative side. And then also that more strategic, tactical, um,
0: logical side. Perfect. So yeah, you, you've been in business now you're eBay and that's quite a, quite a career, but again, interspersed through all of that, you have had a very, something that's been very important to you in your life from the time you were young and you mentioned it a moment ago, but that was dance. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey with dance and kind of where that started, um, and the aspirations you had as, as a dancer?
1: Yes. Wow. That was great. Great transition. (laughs) (laughs) So I started off as I'm sure many girls did in that, um, three-year-old tap ballet, um, hybrid class that your, your mom puts you in. and my parents wanted me to do sports. I had three brothers. They're all super into sports. And one, I remember one time in particular, my dad was coaching me in sports and he asked me to be more aggressive. And I boxed out someone under the hoop. And then I apologized after for doing that. And my dad was like, you know what? I don't think that sports is for you. And we kind of agreed that that dance would be, would be my route from there. So Took a few more dance classes and then um, I happened to live by this studio. The closest studio to me was one that was pretty competitive in the county of San Diego and next thing you know I was dancing every single day and tap and jazz, contemporary, hip-hop, all that and just really really enjoyed it. I think Jane you can probably relate with the performing aspect. There's something about like that high you get from being on stage and the lights and the energy and And I just really loved the performing part of it. So I did competitions and drove all up and down the coast of California and Nevada competing um, and then kept dancing in high school. I did our dance team and then I would leave dancing practice and I would do competitive dance practice. So it really was um, majority of of how I spent my time. And it's funny, people would ask me about myself and I would be like, I'm Kelly and I'm a dancer. It was, you know, Mm -hmm. my part of my identity so senior year came around and I thought I wanted to keep dancing in college if I could and um, I ended up applying to some schools that offer dance scholarships. I figured that my parents had spent thousands of dollars on costumes and lessons and whatnot. If I could get a scholarship that could help them pay for college then that was at least a win there. So I ended up choosing my college based on a scholarship that I that I got and um, part of that was that I had to minor in dance. So I had to be a part of the dance company and take ballet and modern classes every day. I had to take dance science classes, dance history, um, performing arts classes. And then I tried out for the spirit team, which was like the cheer cheer team that um, danced at basketball games. So it was pretty much like, I would say five, six hours a day in college, I was dancing every day, um, which just made it that much more of my identity was like, oh, Kelly, the cheerleader, like people, that's kind of how how people remembered me. And that was then how I identified myself. Um, And then after college, I kind of like senior year freaked out and was like, wait, (laughs) it just ends. You graduate and then, you know, your dancing career is over. And I didn't feel ready for it to be over. I still had a a true passion to keep dancing. So I um, auditioned for a few NFL and NBA teams Um, if any of you guys read my article I I think I mentioned it in there I tried out for the Warriors dance team I made it to the final round and didn't make it I tried out for the 49ers same thing I was just like so close and I knew that I was I was there Um, and it's one of those things that's that's tough you know it's it's your it's your skills it's also what they're looking for it's the um, if they have you know a certain number of of tall brunette's already on the team then it's not a fit so that that part's tricky too right you don't really know what it is why you didn't make it so anyways I tried out again the following year for the Oakland Raiders and I finally made it and I was like wow you know this is it this is what I've been working for and from a dancer's perspective like making it in one of those profession in like NBA or NFL like that is you know pretty much you can do other things, obviously you could be a rock or you could be a teacher or not, but it's a pretty uh, big accomplishment. So I was like, wow, this is it. This is all I've dreamed about doing. And then um, Jane, as you mentioned, or I don't know if you've gotten there yet, it kind of, it was, a, it was an amazing experience, but I think being there and like achieving that made me realize um, maybe it's not, I don't wanna say not as good as I, I had imagined, but it's it's not, it wasn't as fulfilling, I guess. And it's funny looking back, it's, it's obvious, right. Cause nothing fulfills us. That's not Jesus, but mm. it just became very clear in that experience that like, this is, this is great, but nothing is ever going to fulfill me like the Lord. And maybe this isn't exactly what I'm called to be doing. Um, and I, am happy to get more into that, but there's just things I, I experienced during that, um, during that year that made me realize that maybe it was time to transition. Um, into something else.
0: Mm. I was reading something the other week. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that. I, I think a lot of us can relate, especially people who grew up playing a sport or doing some sort of performance activity and, and you become an adult. And that's not really as available, especially at the level you were performing and the level I know so many people invest their lives in their childhoods. Like you said, parents putting so much money into kids, Def- uh, defining this identity and the success. And as a kid winning things and being told that you're good, it's just, it's addictive and it becomes so important as part of our identity. Uh, but I read this thing a couple weeks ago that was, you know, you can, you can succeed at, we can succeed at a lot of things that aren't like God's best for us. And I really do think that, <laughs> if you work hard enough, you can succeed at a lot of stuff. We could succeed at a ton of things and, you know, make the team or, or win the prize or whatever it is at things that, you know, God, isn't going to hold back from us, but maybe aren't going to give us that fulfillment. And, um, yeah, I had a similar experience of, you know, reaching this incredible like milestone and realizing like, Hey, wow. I mean, I competed in pageants for six years, I guess it was like over a period of six years. And, um, my last pageant, I won this like national pageant for first runners up for Miss America. And it should have been like the happiest moment of my life. But Kelly, you know, this, I stood on that stage and all I could think about was I feel so bad for everyone else who wanted to win this. And I was like, this is the moment I've been waiting for. And this is it. Like it's me feeling bad that all these girls came out here and didn't win. And, and yeah, those, I I think it's just kind of a, a change of heart that happens. And I know we can talk more about your year as a Raiderette, but through that experience, as you're going closer to God and becoming more confident in, our, in your identity as a daughter of God and beloved and beautiful without having to compete for it, like it, it can, it shifts the perspective that we have of these things that, you know, we hold so important at different periods of our lives. Um And yeah, you wrote this beautiful piece on the, on the blog, where you talk a little bit about you felt like there were some signs, or there were some moments that made it more clear. Okay. This is kind of time to let go. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what those moments were? I know, you know, hindsight's 2020, so we can always look back and be like, oh my gosh, it was this and this and this and this, but you know, what kind of stands out to you about that transition?
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad you bring that up. Cause definitely I think during that year I was very much in my own world, which is fine, but I, I I certainly wasn't having this discernment um, that I had afterwards during the year. I mean, I was so wrapped up in all the attention that I was getting from it. And I kind of speak about that a little bit in the, in the article, but I think a big reason I loved it is because of the attention, right? It's like, everyone is so interested in and, and excited to hear about it and it's okay. And it's, it's something fun and unique to talk about, but I think it just, I got very sucked into, I knew everyone would find it so interesting. And so that's like one of the first things that would come up and I would talk about it. And, you know, I talked a little bit about the, the social media side of it too. Like, obviously a lot of girls are posting pictures and, and it was the same thing for me. It was like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get get back the, the pictures, professional pictures from the game. And that's just, that's just not, um, it just wasn't healthy. And like, you just get get so wrapped up into like the immediate, the fleeting, fleeting fulfillment that um, is just so different from the from the fulfilling um, feeling you get from being close to Jesus. And I think I, I was drifting away from that, but it was sort of um, being masked by this other um, happiness that was just a little bit more artificial. And there was st- there were still you know great parts of it, and I think. Um, I definitely didn't do it for like the quote unquote fame. Like I truly just love dancing and performing. And I just think that it's just very easy to get caught up in that. Um, but yeah, I can speak to like a little bit more also. I I think I left like a couple of questions at the end for people just to think about, um, whether they are discerning to, to stop doing something. And this doesn't necessarily have to just be like, um, a, a sport or an art, like it can also be your your career or a relationship, um, I think a lot of these podcasts have been so great because they talk a lot about discernment and, um, you know, some some questions that I asked myself afterwards really helped me sort of hang up the dance shoes, not necessarily um, in, in that particular way, at least. In the performing, um, I still, as I mentioned, want to keep teaching and whatnot and um, I can talk about that a little bit more. I think ways to transition out of actually being in it and whether it's playing on a sports team or performing. But I think that the biggest thing is thinking about like, whether you are, you are being pulled away from God or, or growing closer to God in whatever it is that you're doing. And what I didn't realize at the time is that other parts of my life were, were suffering in a way. Um, and I think one big thing was my relationship at the time. And I like to tell people this, or I, I, so I last weekend was teaching fifth and sixth graders about the vocations, about whether they choose to discern the really, or, you know, that you should discern both the religious life or the married life. And after having this whole session on vocation, I realized that, like, it's very easy to get distracted by other things and forget about your ultimate vocation. And I think we can all be called to many things to different careers and different interests and hobbies. But if in the end, it's like pulling you away from your ultimate vocation, then that's probably not what you should be doing. Um, And at the time I was, my relationship was in, in a pretty formational, it was formational years that I luckily my now husband, but at the time we were just dating, and it created a lot of strain on our relationship. I wasn't making time for him. Um, it was also putting him sometimes in uncomfortable situations. Being a, um, a cheerleader, as you can imagine, you get people say things to you, people take pictures of you, people send you pictures, you know, on different on different social media sites and whatnot. And it just it wasn't um, it wasn't healthy for our relationship. So I know this is this is a unique situation. I don't think this is true for for any. D- interest in in hobby, but definitely was putting a strain on my relationship, which in the end made me realize that, um, it wasn't helping me, um, get to my ultimate vocation. And then I think the other things that I mentioned in the article were just, um, like I mentioned that the social media part of it, it's like really taking a step back. And I think this is the same for athletes too. Like, is it the fame? Is it, um, you know, the, the applause that you get after winning and, and going to the NCAA tournament or whatever it is, is. Is it the fame that's making you like still wanna keep keep pursuing that? Or is it, um, what what is it? Like getting to the true root of why you wanna continue doing that. Um, and then I'm trying to think of what else I, I talked about. I think it was a little bit too about just balancing everything in life, right? At some point it becomes too much to have I had a full-time job at the time. I would, I didn't have a car in the city. So I'd literally like run at 5.00 PM as soon as I got, got out of work to meet up with a carpool. And then I would get home really, really late. And it was just, it was just a lot on my like physical health and it made no room for my spiritual growth. So I really wasn't involved that much um, as, as much as I was before in, in the church, in, you know, teaching catechism on the weekends and just praying and going to mass throughout the day. I was always tired. I was falling asleep during mass. It was just, I couldn't handle it. And some people can, some people can have a full-time job and a part-time job and make time for God. It just, it was a lot for me. So I think all in all, um, and this is, it. yeah, to just circle back what I said in the beginning, this is all stuff that um, took me a while to figure out. After that year, I wanted to try out again for the Warriors and it ended up being on my goddaughter's baptism day. This the the auditions were that day and that was like really the final like aha moment. I was like, "You know what? Out of all the days, it fell on my goddaughter's baptism. Like, Jesus, that is a clear sign that I think it's time to um to teach or to to do something that's a little less time-consuming and and something that looks a little different." Mm.
0: Right, right. And I think the hard thing about transitions is you don't want to forget or, you know, toss aside all the good things that come from these, these activities or these sports, whatever it is. I mean, there's a reason you were drawn to dance. You love to dance. You're an incredible dancer. You're a great dance teacher. I loved taking your hip hop classes in San Francisco. It was funny for everyone around me, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) but I really put my heart into it and, uh, it's just, it's just, there are good things, but there's always, I think that God is always calling us to growth. And there's always times where you can look at a good thing and say, I'm so grateful for this good thing, but there's something else. And letting go of something can be really scary and really overwhelming, especially if it's been a part of, you know, your identity for so long as, as long as dancing, you know, was part of your identity and being a professional dancer was this penultimate achievement that, that happened at, at the, at that point in your career. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your advice you would give to people who are, who are in this period of, of considering, oh, you know, I think that, you know, like you said, it's just too much at this point. I can't keep doing this, or this is taking me away from, from what I think I'm being called to do next. Uh, What advice would you give someone in that, in that stage of discernment?
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think not only is it all the time and effort you've put into making yourself reach that level, but it's also the community and the team that you've that you've formed. I know especially for athletes, I mean that that team bond is something that's like a really hard thing to to replace. So, I would say as far as like helping with the transition, I think number one is like finding other communities that you can still have that like bond with. I know you've probably made so many great friends. I know you have, cause some of them have been on the podcast, but you have made like so many great friends through your um, pageants and I've made so many great friends through dance. So I think it's like just making sure that you're replacing that community and that team that you had with other communities. Um, cause I think that's a huge part of it and why people also just love, you know, being involved in sports and and all that and then i would say to your point about you can continue you can t- continue to use what you've worked so hard um t- to learn to do and teach others and, and not only so i think one thing i think about is like so my husband played a little bit of basketball in college and now he is coaching volunteering at a catholic school um teaching, coaching basketball, because they didn't have enough coaches, like, I think the teaching and the coaching is an easy um, opportunity, even when it comes to, like, pageants, like, you can be that mentor for other people, and then thinking about, two other things besides just that particular art or sport, like, in your process of becoming, you know, Miss Sweetheart, sorry, (laughs) Miss American, (laughs) sorry, what is it? Um, (laughs) National Sweetheart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, th- I just think about all the things I've learned. you know, you learned how to interview well. you learned how to just confidence in general, like how to stay composed when you're interviewing someone on a podcast. Like I think it's just it's easy to think like, oh my gosh, all that hard work for nothing. Like I worked you know 20 plus years dancing and and now I'm only teaching. I don't get to dance myself like, I think just changing your perspective and thinking about all the things that you learned. If you were an athlete, I mean, talk about like work ethic and like there's so many things that are translatable to the workforce and to being a parent. Like, and then what I was saying about the arts, I think that like the confidence being able to speak and sing and do everything in front of other people is just um, so valuable. So I think just changing the perspective and thinking about all the things you are continuing to carry on and not thinking about it like, now I will never dance again. And I just spent 20 plus years practicing how to do the perfect pirouette. You know, <laughs> there's, there's many other aspects. So I, I would say the community is the biggest part. And then, yeah, I'm finding ways to continue to do that in, in mentoring others and, and teaching others.
0: Yeah. A- additionally, I would say, I think one of the things that makes transitions hardest, and you mentioned this um a little bit when you said people would ask you about it and people loved asking you about being a cheerleader and and how that was going. And it feels like other people put an expectation on you that this is something that people expect of you and people want you to do. And so I know in a recent transition I was going through, um, which was really, really hard and emotionally exhausting and just so, so hard. That was something that just kept tripping me up over and over again was, what is everyone else going to think? Do they think I'm throwing away my shot? Do they think I'm being lazy? Do you think? Do they think I'm quitting? Do they think I'm, you know, not not working hard enough? I mean, I had all these lies just spinning in my head while I was trying to make a decision that affected me and didn't affect any of these other people, none of those other people had to wake up at six a m to work out or save all their money for wardrobe or coaching or all these things right none of those other people had to had to make the sacrifices and those decisions and so ultimately i know for me in making a healthy transition i had to really think about like what you said and we had a conversation where we were talking about priorities because i know you had talked about how your relationship through this transition and it made me stop and think like okay what are my priorities at this stage of my life and my priorities today are so different my priorities when I was 18 or my priorities when I was 20 or 22, like Mm -hmm. our priorities shift and we have to be free, um, to, to move on to, to the next thing, because God is always going to open a door and that we just have to be free to step through it. And if we're trying to like bring all this baggage, we're not going to fit through the door. So, um, so that would be something I would suggest is if you're in a moment of transition, really reflect on what your desires are. And if your desires are to let something go, then pay attention to that. Because I will tell you from my most recent experience, people are going to be so excited for you for what you want to do and that you are happy and that you are pursuing something new and exciting. Like people talk to you about being a cheerleader because they love you, Kelly, and they want to talk to you and they want to hear about your life. They Mm -hmm. don't really, they probably didn't really care that much that you were a cheerleader. It was just like a fun thing to hear about. And you know that now because- you still have friends and people still talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Well, I think that's a great point too.
1: Not saying anyone hasn't been my friend since I haven't been a cheerleader, but I mean, are those the friends you really want to keep? The ones that are only interested when you're you know, winning Miss California or whatever? And not that that happened to you, but I think it is, to your point, a true testimony to your true friends as well. Like they obviously care about more than just one aspect of your life. They care about you as a whole and they'll support whatever... um, whatever phase of life you're in, whatever interests and careers you're pursuing. Um, so, but yeah, it definitely, you have to be confident in your own decision. Cause I think part of it is our own mental, like, oh, mm-hmm. why are they asking that? I'm not doing it. Like, sorry, I just didn't want to do it anymore. You know, it's like mm-hmm. totally in our heads and it could just be an, a curiosity to know what mm-hmm. you're up to now.
0: Yeah. And no is, compl- is a complete sentence. You can just say, no, I, I don't want to do it. And I found myself always trying to rationalize, well, here's all the reasons I don't want to do it. And here's all the things I could do instead. And it's just exhausting to be in that when you know, the answer is just no. And, um, yeah, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, anything else, anything else on this, you know, transitions? I mean, you just went through another transition. You just got married, you moved. How are those transitions going?
1: (laughs) life is full of transitions um it's interesting you know being um I'm sure many of you on the call actually I think I've seen people you know planning weddings during COVID I've seen some articles about that so I know I'm not not the only one that has either planned a wedding or gotten married during COVID um I think that it's an interesting time to get married and it's and then excuse me it's an interesting time to be married because um and Jane and I were talking about this before we started this, but you, you spent a lot, a lot of time with their, with your husband or wife, especially during COVID. But since you don't know any different, you kind of think that's, that's how it is. And don't get me wrong. I could spend every day with my husband. We, we love spending time together, but it's super healthy to spend time with other friends and to spend times, spend time doing other things. And um, it's just something we've recently realized is, is, totally fine if he wants to go golfing with his friends on a Saturday and and you know I can I can do my own thing that's okay too and I just think that's something that is challenging especially during COVID because there's less opportunity to maybe go out with people and see friends and whatnot but it's it's super healthy to continue to you know have your own friends and have your own interests um so that's just it's been a transition on top of a transition given that it's it's during COVID but yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. been great, and I think, um, yeah, the working from home is definitely feels normal at this point, but I'm excited to eventually transition back to the office because I think that's healthy as well, being in person.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that'll be such a good day. Uh, yeah, I mean, transitions never end, I think. Yeah. It's good to get some practice in of having to say goodbye to one phase of life and hello to the next, and is good to get good at that. So I hope that, uh, I mean, I know that I just, I love your wisdom and you're so, you just have such good perspective on things that I, I really appreciate. And I hope that our audience appreciates hearing kind of, I, I think most people have experienced some level of transition and like, have we appropriately mourned it? That's one last thing I think is like, how, how do you appropriately mourn, the death of a phase of your life, or the death of a a passion, and like the next iteration of it. Um, and I think give giving space. It just it feels like something no one talks about. <laughs> think mm-hmm. about all these college athletes who don't decide to pursue it professionally or retire or whatever that looks like. I was not a college athlete. I don't know, but just think about how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people face this every year, and we're just we just don't talk about talk about it and the the need to kind of celebrate it and then move forward well.
1: Yeah. I, and I think part of it is trying to act like it doesn't bother you. Right. And I think it's in the same way that grieving, I know this isn't like a loss of a person, but it's okay to be like, you know what I do, I do miss it. And there are definitely times where I was like, dang, you know, I, that was so fun cheering in front of thousands and thousands of people. Like I, that high I got from like those player intro lines before the game started, like, dang, you know, that was really fun. And I think, um, it's totally fine to do that. And it's fine to admit that there are things you miss about it. Um, but it's one thing to, you know, be sulky and depressed about it. Like, like you said, like all the, all, what is the the saying? (laughs) All good things must come to an end. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that like pertains to everything, but it's just, I think it's one of those things that you can, you can admit that you miss it and there are aspects of it you wish you were still doing. But I think just acknowledging that like, this is your next step. Like you are ultimately trying to achieve your vocation and you're trying to, you want to, I mean, our goal besides our vocation is to be saints, right? That's the other thing Mm -hmm. I, I love like reminding myself and my spiritual director always reminds me like, our goal is to try to make it to heaven and to be a saint and so the perspective switch is yeah do i miss like cheering at at football games yeah do i think that that was like bringing me closer to being a saint it would necess- it wasn't necessarily like making me not a saint but i i think that just remembering like what is the ultimate goal it is to our vocation and it is to becoming a saint and if that path like looks a little different and requires a transition then that's that's what we need to to lean into and, and yeah, keep driving. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's just all these, they seem like huge losses. Right. But then if you take a step back and you look at the big picture and you're like, wait a second, the most important thing is, you know, not only achieving or or reaching my vocation, figuring out my vocation, but it's also like, how can I, how can I make it to heaven?
0: Mm -hmm. And how can I be obedient to what God is asking me to do? Because God sometimes calls us to do things for for purposes we have no idea about mm-hmm. and i and yeah i mean who who knows i think the farther we get out from these transitions the more we're able to look back and say i'm so grateful i made that decision i'm so grateful i did that and what was helpful to me too was looking back and thinking okay let me look back at another hard choice i made and how do i feel about how it turned out and every choice i went through <laughs> I was so grateful that i had made the decision i did because i felt like the decision, although they were hard at that moment, paved the path for something new. And I think that's always, it's mourning the end of a a piece of you and a piece of your life, but also just there's this excitement and this anticipation of what's coming next because there's always something that can come in and um, be that next challenge or be that next opportunity. And I just, I think we have to make the space for that. And you did that really well. And I... um And, and yeah, I, I think that that's, that's what we can, that's all we can strive to do.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and last thing I'll say about that is I I do think because you're working so hard at something that does require your time and you're sacrificing other things to your, to your point, exactly. You are opening up other doors when you don't, when you maybe close the door of something else. And I'm, I know that you know many doors are opening for you and as when i stopped cheering i was able to switch jobs i was able to travel for work like it definitely in whatever situation you are like it is opening up other doors and yeah that's exactly what you're saying
0: i love it i love it well this has been such a good conversation um one last question for you is what is working for you right now
1: yes um what is working for me right now i guess um on a spiritual level, I, and I guess this is just fitting because today is the feast day of St. Joseph. Um, we, my husband and I prayed the St. Joseph Novena and I, it just really worked because it's all about families and marriages and um, these past nine days, I think, right? Nine nine days, Novena nine days um, mm. have just allowed it, it the, the Novena has really just opened up more communication and just, um, questions about how we can constantly being, be improving our marriage and how we can be praying about our future family. And it was just really cool. The timing of, of the feast of St. Joseph and, um, how that, how the novena allowed us to talk about, um, you know, different things, um, about our relationship and our future family and our, our goals. So that was definitely something that's working and I'm sad that it's, Today is the last day, but it's the year of Saint Joseph, so perhaps we start another one and just continue <laughs> it until December eighth or whenever the the last day is.
0: <laughs> uh huh. Well, I think Saint Joseph has another feast on May first, so you're right. You might not you're have right. to wait that
1: long. <laughs> you're right. We will we'll start praying now for that. <laughs>
0: So, so good. Well, it's always an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to hear from you. And I just want to thank you for your time and um, all the beautiful things that you shared with us today. Of course. Thanks again for having me. And to
1: all the people who have already been on this podcast, you guys are great. And I always tell Jane that I just want to be friends with everyone. I wish you all lived in my neighborhood because it really has been great hearing about people's discernment and, you know, whether that's to to continue working while you're a stay-at-home mom. That's always something I've struggled with. And I just, I love hearing about different people's, how they've gone about discerning um, their career path and and what their family life work balance looks like. So just a shout out to everyone who's already been on the podcast. (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) That's so good. And one day when COVID is not a thing, we will do Sunday, Monday retreats and we will all get together and it will be so much dang fun. But yes. until then, and that's when we can all meet and be friends together. But but yeah, Great. that's so sweet. Well, thanks, Kelly. It's so good to talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Sunday Monday show. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, if you learned something, we would be so appreciative if you shared it with a friend, shoot it in a text, post it on social media, whatever you want to do, sharing these episodes helps more people find them. And while you're doing that, if you could rate and review these episodes, that would also be so appreciated. If you're looking for more, you can follow us on Instagram at the Sunday Monday underscore or visit us online at www.thesundaymonday.co, where we have tons of articles and free resources designed to help you be bold in your faith, work, and life. Until next time, thanks so much for being here. Get back to work. I love you all. Bye. Also at the end, I'll say bye, but it's a fake bye, so you don't have to go anywhere. <laughs>
1: I, I, had, to, I had a feeling because people kind of like giggle and
0: they're yeah. like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, wow, real smooth. I've had people, yeah, I need you to give me a really convincing bye this time. Yeah. Um, but I've had people just hang out. and I'm like, okay, <laughs> this was That's fun. Funny. So just, you know, hang out. Um, convincing bye. All right. <laughs> Ready to go? Yeah. Perfect.